0: I don't know what it says about me, but that music absolutely gets me fired up right there. A little old school this week in baseball. What a great night for the Dodgers last night. We got a whole bunch of things to get into here over the next couple of hours. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance, and all of our guests on the show will appear via the Shell Pennzoil performance line, and those guests include Alden Gonzalez, who will join us next hour, and coming up about a half an hour from right now, Alana Rizzo from Spectrum Sportsnet LA. She will check in so that is coming up in just a little bit you can also participate via the twitter feed right the dr pepper twitter feed be a part of the show on that dr pepper twitter feed espn nation is presented by dr pepper it's official college football's back and so is your favorite dr pepper loving college football town fansville head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice cold 20 ounce dr pepper today all right there are a million things to get to right i mean we could talk about mookie we could talk about Cody Bellinger having a big night as well. We could talk about the moves that Dave Roberts made or some of the moves that maybe he didn't make. We could talk about some of the managerial decisions that Kevin Cash made for the Rays. We can talk about the kind of ineffectiveness of that Rays lineup, generally speaking. But the story of the night last night clearly was Clayton Kershaw. The rub on Kershaw for for what? What are we talking about now? We're talking the better part of six, seven, eight years. Clayton Kershaw is a first ballot Hall of Famer who does not pitch well in the postseason. That is that is the that is the rub. That is the little, you know, sand in the gears of the Hall of Fame career. Why isn't he the same guy in October that he is from May through the end of September? It's a fair question. It's not just, you know, we were doing a postgame show last night. Oh, which by the way, we'll do it again tonight after the game. It's not just a bad inning here or there that has spiked the numbers. He's pitched over 100 innings in the postseason. The numbers are what they are. The numbers are a representative sample of how he has pitched in the postseason. And last night, he was brilliant. He was brilliant. It wasn't just, yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good, air quotes, by Clayton Kershaw standards. No, 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 no. He was good. He was brilliant. He went six innings. He gave up one run. He only gave up really one hard-hit ball the entire night, and that was the, the home run by Kiermaier. He only walked one guy. He struck out eight guys in six innings. All of those numbers tell you that he was dealing. His velocity was sitting right around 92, 93 miles an hour, which for the last couple of years is on the right side of where you want to be. He's been down in 90, 89 a lot of times. We saw it last night 93. He looked great. The slider was sharp. It had bite. All of those things. But the number to me that meant the most out of all of them, there were 38 swings by the Rays last night against Kershaw. They swung the bat 38 times. They came up with nothing. Swing and miss, 19 of the 38 times. Half the time they swung the bat, they swung and missed. So you're thinking, okay, is that, is that normal? It is absolutely not normal. In his previous 3 World Series starts combined, he did not have 19 swings and misses. Okay? That tells you that the stuff was right, that the stuff was sharp. This is the, this is the thing about Clayton Kershaw and every pitcher that you're going to see for the Dodgers in this series, for the Rays in this series. It's not about heart, it's not about going out there and being able to figure it out on the fly. It's about the stuff, man. If the stuff is good, you got a really good chance. That's why a guy like Gratterall, I think, is so valuable. He's never pitched in the World Series before, but I know he's coming out throwing 100. That's why Dustin May, I would like to see, maybe get a little length tonight if he does, in fact, come in and relief a Gonsolin, who's starting the game. Let's give that guy a little length. Let's see what that stuff can do over more than just one inning because ultimately that stuff is going to win out. And Kershaw's stuff last night was absolutely brilliant. Now, here's the question that we talked about last night. Here's the question that was in moment, right? I'm sure you, you were texting with your buddies. You were on Twitter. You were seeing it last night. After six innings, the Dodgers put up five runs, excuse me, four runs in the fifth inning, and they take a nice, comfortable lead, right? Six to one. They're feeling pretty good about themselves. Kershaw had been sitting down for a long time. He comes out in the sixth inning. He looks really good. So now you're thinking, okay, he's thrown less than 80 pitches, He's already pitched six innings. The Dodgers have a nice, comfortable lead at this point. Do you go out there and give him a seventh inning? Do you pull him now, or do you run him out there for the seventh inning? Obviously, Dave Roberts made the decision to call it a night and to start to go to the bullpen. Here's the argument for leaving him out there. The argument for leaving him out there is his pitch count was low, you don't want to burn Penn, and you want him to keep going because, hey, he's dealing and there are no guarantees in this game, right? That... As big and as comfortable as that lead was, there's no guarantee that the next guy that comes out of that pen is not going to have a terrible night. Or the guy that comes after the terrible night also has a terrible night. There's no guarantees. That's the argument to leave him in. I don't buy it. Here's why the argument to take him out is the right one. For the entire postseason this year, we've been holding our breath every time Clayton Kershaw pitches. It's a fact. It's just a fact. Because we've all been through it before. Like, close your eyes. What's the vision you have in your mind? Is it the way that he pitched last night? Or is it Juan Soto nearly hitting one into the parking lot? Right? I mean, there, there's still some scar tissue there. Absolutely. And, and for good reason. Clayton Kershaw pitched beautifully last night. Let him walk off that mound. Let him go up and down that dugout like we saw on TV last night, high-fiving his teammates, giving them hugs, feeling great about the way that he walked out of there last night. Because I guarantee you, when that game was over, if you saw any of the post-game interviews, if you saw him talk afterwards, that dude was flying high. He felt good. Look, keep, keep in mind, I know he's going straight to the Hall of Fame. I know he's arguably one of the greatest pitchers ever. He's a human being. He knows what's been said about him. He knows that he's struggled in situations like this. He knows that he hasn't won a World Series. He knows the one line on his resume that drives him crazy is the, yeah, but what about the World Series? After last night, the last thing you wanted was for him to go out in the seventh inning, despite having a big lead, and go double home run or walk double. Or anything that allows you to walk out of there saying, yeah, we won the game, but man, what happened there at the end? Makes you think going into the next game, he's going to pitch game five, right? He'll be on game five, full rest, to go into that game saying, yeah, he was pretty good, but what happened in that seventh inning? Yeah, he was pretty good, but you know what? He started to falter. Let's make sure we go get him on time this time. No, 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 no. All of that is gone. He wakes up this morning, a smile on his face. He goes to the ballpark tonight for game two, knowing that he did everything he could do last night to help his team win it's huge absolutely huge 877-710-ESPN that's the phone number if you want to get in we'll take some of your calls we can talk about all of this we'll obviously get into a whole bunch of things about Mookie Betts and what he did last night Cody Bellinger said it here on Monday Cody Bellinger hitting that home run in Game 7 in the NLCS might have been the launching pad for him to be Cody Bellinger all over again in the postseason. It feels like that happened last night. We'll get into that in a little more detail. You can also send me your tweets like Joe has. Joe writes, Trav, is this game bigger for the Rays or the Dodgers who are going with bullpen by community today? I still think it's the Dodgers in six, but I'll not be surprised in five. Have a great day. I'll be listening on the radio. Yep, look, it (laughs) depends. It's a big game for both of them because it changes everything. The Dodgers go in there today knowing if they win, that's it, right? I I, I mean, I, I don't want to jinx it, but this would feel a lot like the Lakers after winning the first two games against the Heat. Once you go up 2-0 and you're the better team, you're in a pretty good spot. If the Rays had gone up 2-0 the Dodgers, I think you're kind of yeah, we're okay. We got a chance here because we're better. We're going to come back and us being better than them will ultimately bear itself out. Or at least you can fool yourself into thinking that. If you're the inferior team, and I don't know if anybody right now is looking at the Rays as anything other than exactly that. The Rays are not as good as the Dodgers. Doesn't mean they can't win, but they're not as good. The, you saw the batting order last night. You saw those guys coming up. With the exception of Randy or Rosa Reina, did any of those guys make you go, hey, be careful here? No. No. With the Dodgers... Mookie, yeah. Seeger, yeah. Turner, yeah. Bellinger, yeah. Muncy, yeah. I mean, every last one of them. Peterson, sure. Kike, sure. Chris Taylor got on base three times last night. He bats eighth. Okay? You saw the batting averages of all those guys coming up for the Rays. I get it. Batting average is an antiquated stat, and it doesn't tell you exactly what we thought it told you before we got better at math. But when every guy's batting a buck 50, it's telling you something. It tells you that they don't get a lot of hits. Now, is the dangerous one. They didn't mess around with him last night. Let him start fishing at bad pitches. Let him try to do too much. And you got this thing figured out. It's a big game for the Dodgers tonight because if they get it tonight, you can feel great about what's going to happen over the course of the next two, three, four, however many more games it takes. If you're the Rays, you can start telling yourself lies again. If If the Rays win tonight, you can start telling yourself that lie. Hey, anything can happen because it can. It can. I don't think it will, but it absolutely can. So I I, I guess it's more important for the Rays, but not by much. Take more of your phone calls coming up here in just a little bit, 877-710-ESPN. Plus, I want to get into Mookie and the game that he had last night, because that just wasn't a good game. That was a historically good game. That's coming up next on a World Series Wednesday right here on 710 ESPN. But first, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter. Businesses have to be flexible this year, from working remotely to pivoting their business models for long-term survival, like restaurants moving their dining outdoors and adding takeout. So... If you're in charge of hiring for your business, these pivots have made your job even more challenging. Thankfully, there's one place that you can count on to make hiring easier. That's ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter's technology finds the right people for your job and invites them to apply. So it's no wonder that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash greeny.
1: It's great and that's just another element that Mookie brings, you know, he does a lot of studying and to be able to create stress and whether it's stealing a base or just being on base to make the pitcher speed up or not execute a pitch, uh he creates tension and uh he's just a heck of a ball player.
0: I love that from Dave Roberts. Absolutely love the the turn of phrase and and just the content in it. <clears throat> he puts tension on everybody. When he's in the batter's box, you're tense because he can go yard. Because he can get on base with a walk. Because he might beat out an infield hit because he can fly. Pitching to a guy like that is so difficult because there's just no win in it other than you have to execute three or four perfect pitches. That's the only way to get him out. And then once he gets on, the tension that he brings, I mean, you saw that fifth inning. He got on base with a walk, stole second, stole third, and scored a run on an infield in play that was bang, bang. He's just that fast and got that good of a jump. He 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 stole that run, basically. He didn't do anything other than get on base without hitting the ball, get to second and third without doing anything other than being real fast, and then scored because he's real fast again. I mean, there's there aren't 10 guys in the league that can do that. And he did it. And then later in the game, he went yard. I mean, you're, that, that's the sort of guy that we're talking about. How about this tweet? Don't forget you can send me your tweets at Travis Rogers. This is from uh, Martin Garcia. He writes, those swings and misses also tell you the other team didn't know what pitch was coming yeah that's good yeah that, that that's part of it too yeah look the astros know what they did baseball knows what they did they can lie and pretend that jeff luno can go on his little tour saying he didn't know that's all a bunch of you know what that's fine we know that being said Clayton kershaw didn't have that only game that was blowing up his numbers there are other pieces of it the washington nationals didn't seal signs okay so let's let's you're right, but let's hold on. All right, 877-710-ESPN. First stop is George in Santa Barbara. George, you're on 710-ESPN. What's up? Yeah, I
1: just want to weigh in on that kind of a bum rap I think Kershaw gets on his playoff numbers. Okay. Um, I think part of it is, you know, he mentioned it earlier. He got, you know, he pulled last night, which I also agree was a great idea to pull him while he was high. Things were going well. But in the past, I don't think Roberts has really done that. Obviously, he's left him in. Gets him in that, you know, maybe one run he's given up, stays in an extra inning, gets runners on, uh, pulls them and then Baez or, you know, one of the many others in the years past have come in and kind of cashed in his run. ERA jumps up, runs go up, we end up losing the game, he gets stabbed with a loss. Those are still his runners, I get it, but the nice of the bullpen could have not cashed him in, or if he just sort of been pulled before that inning, but mm-hmm. I think in years past, Roberts didn't have enough faith in the bullpen, the bullpen's obviously amazing this year, and tried to get as much out of his ace as, you know, future Hall of Famer as he could, and and ran with them as long as he could, and unfortunately, and Kershaw never says a word, you know, never comes out and says anything bad about it, but kind of has to wear those, um, you know, nationals. You mentioned Soto's homer. Kershaw shouldn't even been in that game. Of course, uh, he shouldn't even been in to pitch against Soto and that at bat. But again, he gets tabbed. It kind of these negative things that keep getting tapped to him. But I was at the 2017 game one. You know, he pitched great. That's another World Series game one win he had where he pitched beautifully um, again last night. So I think he's 12-12 now in the playoffs, and already was four-something going into last night. But 12 playoff wins is a big deal. Um, he's been great this year so far in the playoffs, a little scuffle here and there. But, again, a lot of times it seems like he has a great start. Would look much better on paper if a uh, bullpen didn't cash him in. But if yeah. they did, it just kind of messes things up for him. So yeah. I'd, I'd still take Kershaw any day of the week in the playoffs. I think a lot of people would, obviously. But I think it's just a little unfair, the the, the I guess the rub he's gotten over the years about not being good in the playoffs, When I think there's a lot more to it. And, and Houston, again, saw what he pitched against them at home. Obviously, some of those stats totally yeah, different. are against Houston. Yeah, they are against Houston. Uh, part of them, with them knowing what's coming, So those stats. So I think those stats, uh, you know, if he had gone in last night with an ERA and the threes of 12 wins in the playoffs, I know he doesn't have the ring yet. Hopefully this year, but I think it's a you know again a little bit of a knock on a guy. Yeah, I, I think
0: that's all fair, that's George. Thanks stuff. for the call. I want to I want to respond to some of that, and I want to make sure we get some of these other guys in here. Um, you, you're right. Everything you said is right, but there's also something else that's right. You mentioned you know now he's 12 and 12. 12 wins in the playoffs is great. It's the other 12. Clayton Kershaw is not a 500 pitcher. That's the point. Clayton Kershaw is not a guy that gives you one and takes one. Gives you one and takes one. He's a guy that. Gives you 10 and then gives you one. He's that guy. He's the guy that is a 200-game winner in this league. He's a guy that's got 200 postseason strikeouts in his career. That's a that's a good season's worth of strikeouts in the postseason over his career. He's You're right. He's had some weird ones where the bullpens let him down. He's had some weird ones where he got left in the game a little too long. He's had some weird ones where even after the matchup that you wanted had passed, you run him out there again in a bad matchup. Rendon and he gets got and then all of a sudden everybody's trying to figure out what's happening and before you can even do that another one goes I get it there are some extenuating circumstances but he also gave up those home runs those are not just oh well you can't count they count too they count too so Clayton Kershaw I, I
2: I agree with you and I kind of agree with the caller just a little bit as well because there's there are some stats and we are this is what baseball is all about is stats Clayton Kershaw now has 9 postseason starts with at least 6 innings pitched with no more than 1 earned run and 1 walk. Mm-hmm. That's the most in Major League Baseball history. Yep. So, I those 12 losses, yes, he's had some stinkers in there, but a lot of those have been bad innings opposed to bad starts.
0: Yeah, look, I that's true also. It it's the other stuff. It's there, There's a lot of evidence that says he's Clayton Kershaw, but it's there's no evidence that he's bad Kershaw during the regular season, and there's a whole bunch. And I've, I've heard it. I saw it on Twitter last night. I've heard it on the phone calls. Yeah, well, they're playing better teams. Guys, I got news for you. All of his 200-plus wins didn't come against the Colorado Rockies. He pitches against good teams in the regular season, too, and he beats them. All right, let's try another one here. Riverside and Matthew. Matthew, you're on. What's going on?
3: Hey, man, what's up? Uh, I just wanted to, uh, wow, I'm really surprised with the uh, Mookie Betts, dude. Uh, I had no idea how good he was, not really watching any AL games. And then uh, you see it in the last three games against the Braves right after he made that ankle catch. It's almost like we just picked up a whole different momentum. And uh, just uh, all the catches really on, on the outfield, I've never
1: seen so many stolen home runs, uh, crazy diving, you know, or ankle plays. you seen a uh, Turner yesterday, like, We've really been on on the offense, but uh, I think we're really underrated on our defense, too, and uh, the plays that we've been able to execute, you know? That's
0: really it. Yeah, I appreciate it, Matthew. Thank you. You're right. I I I think I said this on Monday that having worked uh, for the Angels for a period of time, I was fortunate enough to get to see Mike Trout for a long time, and I believe that Mike Trout is not just the best player in baseball right now, but one of the best of all time. Here's some straight talk for you, because it's time for straight talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Mookie's right there. Mike Trout might have a little bit more power. I heard Buster say this. Key asked him this question this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. And, and he said the difference is is that Mike Trout hits for, for more power. And he does. But, and here's the but. Mookie Betts just changed an NLCS and put the Dodgers in a great spot to win the, for, the World Series for the first time in 32 years a couple of different ways. He got them into the World Series because of what he did with his glove, like Matthew just said. This is a guy that robbed two home runs, and those are arguably not the best catches he made in the series. He had another one where the ball was over his head that he caught. That was the one where he's pumping his fist and screaming. That was the best catch of the bunch. There was the one that he scooped up off the ground or right before it hit the ground against, a Rose or against uh, to double off Ozuna in that one game. He was not Mookie Betts, the offensive player in that series, the way that you've come to expect Mookie Betts to play offensively. But he won games with his glove. Last night was the first game in four games where he hadn't done something that made you jump off the couch defensively. But he made you jump off the couch with a home run. He made you jump off the couch with a couple of steals. He made you jump off the couch because he beat a throw to home plate. That's the difference with this guy, is that it's not just, hey, he's trouble. When he comes up, he might pop one here. You know, There's a lot of guys that can do that. There's a lot of guys that if they get on base, they can cause problems. Remember Billy Hamilton a million years ago? That guy got on base. He's going to be on third in about three pitches. Problem was he couldn't get on base. This guy does all of it, and he does it on winning teams. Now, I, I'm the, I could sit here and, and hammer away at Trout. Mike Trout can't pitch. I'd be the third pitcher on the Angels right now, okay? That, that, and that's not good because I suck. The Angels don't pitch. The reason the Angels aren't going to the postseason when Mike Trout's only played in three postseason, yeah, that's that's not because of anything he's done. It's because they don't pitch. The Dodgers have one of the best pitching staffs in baseball, and now they also have arguably the best player in baseball to go with another top 10 player in baseball in Cody Bellinger to go with another top 15 player in baseball in Corey Seager. they got a damn good team. That's why the Dodgers are where they are. Is there somebody better to to kind of show what this game is
2: all about than Mookie Betts right now? I kind of want to compare it to Steph Curry and LeBron James, mm. right? Steph Curry is f- six feet nothing, right? My, Mookie Betts is 5'9", five, five, 190 pounds. Mike Trout, 6'2", two, 235, big hulking tank. dude. Yeah, it's, LeBron is a you know 6'9", whatever he is, and it's just a big old tank. But everybody's out there on playing basketball and trying to be like Steph Curry because they can be like Steph Curry because they look like Steph yep. Curry because they can do those things. Baseball needs to grow and Mike Mookie Betts being this little dude that does everything five tools, home runs, good base running, is out there every day showing what he can do. This is the right guy to,
0: to this is why I think maybe he is the best player in the game. The the other thing he does too, and this is not meant to criticize Mike Trout, but he plays with such incredible emotion. Mike Trout loves to play baseball. He plays hard every night, all those things. But Mookie jumping around and pumping his fists and screaming and chest bumping Bellinger in the outfield. He just brings a certain amount of energy to a team. And look, let's just say it like it is. The Dodgers didn't have that until he got here. The Dodgers were really good, but they didn't have that emotion, that fire where guys are screaming and laughing and smiling and jumping into each other. Mookie brought that to this team. And maybe it's just knowing that moogie has got nothing to prove to anybody. I got one of these guys. Look, I got a World Series ring. You want to? This, this is how you do it. This is how you go about getting one of these things. I know what it is because I've done it. kind of frees everybody up a little bit along the way. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance with insurance for cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and commercial vehicles at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Let's try one more phone call here. Let's go to Fontana and Ernesto. Ernesto, you are up next. What's going on?
1: Hey, good morning, guys. Um, I just want to talk about the bullpen. I mean, how great how great have they been? From you know, putting being able to put in Dustin May or Tony Gonsolin, it's just incredible. Uh, usually, you know, usually you, even even Pedro Bias coming in, I kind of I kind of get the chills, I kind of get scared, but not this time anymore. It's just amazing what the bullpen's been doing uh, in the LCS and now and what they did last night and like the emergence of Victor Gonzalez and other unknown players.
0: Yeah, no, their, their bullpen's great. I wonder if Victor Gonzalez's heartbeat has returned to normal yet. Or, is he, or did he wake up this morning with his pulse going about 600? Because that would have made a lot of sense. That, that might have been the hardest hit ball of the night. And it, it just it, that ball caught him. Turns into a double play. Dodgers get out of the one little mini jam that they had. But you're right. You're right, Ernesto. The Dodger bullpen, look, I don't, I don't mean to be disrespectful to Dylan Floro, or, or Gonzalez, or really any of the guys that pitched last night, but they didn't have to go to their dudes, right? You didn't see Gratterall. You didn't see Trinan. You didn't see Kenley Jansen. You didn't see Julio. You know, the guys that have really done the lion's share of the really heavy lifting, the difficult innings, those guys weren't there last night, which means they're going to be fresher tonight, and you got a chance to pitch all of them if you need to, to go up 2-0. All right, coming up next, Alana Rizzo, Spectrum Net LA. We'll get her thoughts on that game one win. That's all straight ahead right here on 710 ESPN. Let me tell you about Valvoline. Before that, though, is your vehicle due for service? Head in your neighborhood Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home of the 15-minute drive-through oil change. For over 30 years, Valvoline has provided quick and convenient automotive maintenance services for busy people just like you. No dragging the kids to a dirty waiting room. At Valvoline, you stay safe right in your car while the expert technicians make sure that your ride is at its best. Oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care, and more. Just pull up, drive in, and drive out in less than 15 minutes. Visit SoCal oil Change com for locations and game winning coupons off of your next valvoline instant oil change
1: i just needed to get this second so everybody could have some tacos you know that, <laughs> that's what uh that's what's important to me
0: i mean is it unimportant to anybody when we're talking about free tacos is there anybody that's not fired up for that espn radio is presented by progressive insurance and all of our guests on the show appear via the shell Penzoil performance line including alana rizzo who joins us right now of course you see her on all the dodger coverage on spectrum sports net la alana appreciate you coming on thanks
3: Oh, it's my pleasure. How are
0: you? I am fantastic. Let's start right here. Let's start with the story of the night last night. Clayton Kershaw, who had a fantastic Game 1 start. How important did he pitch the way he did, not just because it allowed the Dodgers to win the game, but for Clayton Kershaw personally? I
3: think Clayton is the most impressive and utmost competitor I've ever seen. And for him to be able to go out there and basically shove uh, and give you six innings of just a one-run game only on 78 pitches, um, I think it's good for Clayton. I I don't think Clayton lacks confidence. I'm not saying it's good for his confidence, Mm -hmm. but I think it was really good to continue to try to erase the postseason narrative that has surrounded Clayton Kershaw for the last few years. I think the fact that He has a fresh arm. He was able to go out there and effectively, uh, you know, keep a very potent Rays lineup silent. I I think it's good for the team to set the tone in game one. And because he only threw 78 pitches, if they get into any sort of trouble further on in this series, he's rested and ready to go.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's a bit of a baseball cliche, but the whole idea of the ace pitcher, if you're going to get him, you better get him early. When he got out of that first inning, he had two on, only one out. And the next thing you know, he's in the dugout. At that point, did you know he was going to roll?
3: I did. You know, the fact that he had that leadoff single in the first inning, I was like, oh, boy, you know, here we go in terms of let's make sure that he get this shut down, and he absolutely did that. I mean, he was able to be able to work around that traffic and get out of that, and then he really was incredibly impressive from inning second through six. So I did see that he had um, a, a really good thing going. Where it really solidified it for me is when he had to basically wait 30 minutes between mm-hmm appearances in terms of the fifth and sixth inning and he goes back out there in sixth in the sixth and it basically has the most efficient inning that he had with the one two three so the fact that he had to sit for 30 minutes while the Dodgers offense was doing its thing and going back out there and being able to pitch so effectively I knew that it was going to be a good night for him.
0: Alana Rizzo joining us here on the Shell Penzoil performance line. Mookie obviously had a great night last night offensively on the bases. We saw him do all the things he can do with his glove and with his arm in the NLCS. And, you know, Mookie the player is one category. Talk a little bit about what Mookie the presence means to this team because it just feels they have a little bit more bounce, they have a little bit more confidence. And it feels to me, at least, that Mookie is a big reason why.
3: Mookie is the reason why. Uh, The reason that the Dodgers, I think, are where they are right now, not only is it because of the tremendous amount of talent they have, but he was that missing piece that eluded them in 2017 and obviously 2018 when Mookie was on the other side Mm -hmm. with the Boston Red Sox. And last night I asked Mookie, I said, you made history. You're the first player um, in World Series history to have at least two steals, at least score two runs, and hit a home run ever in the World Series. And I said... You always talk about your responsibility, about getting on base as the leadoff hitter. Do you feel as if you lived up to your responsibility? He said yes and no, which actually surprised me. Mm. He said yes in terms of being able to be effective in game one, but my responsibility to this club and to the city is bringing the World Series back to Los Angeles. So he's an incredibly talented guy, but he's also a very grounded guy and very humble guy. And the way that he is able to, if you notice when Mookie Betts celebrates, it's never offensively. It's the little things that he does. When he was able to effectively steal home on the, the fielder's choice where everybody was safe, mm-hmm. and, he was, and he was able to score, rather, um, and that's when he kind of got up at home plate after he split across home and kind of celebrated a little bit. When he had the opposite field home run, and Mookie Betts isn't really a home run hitter, when he had the opposite, opposite field home run, you didn't even see him celebrate. When he's able to do the little things that make a difference to help his team, that's where you, you see more of the emotion, that unbelievable defensive pitch, one of the three that he had.
0: Alana Rizzo. Yeah. Excuse me, Alana. Alana Rizzo is joining us so here.
3: Much. And shows that emotion? That's that's the difference maker in Mookie Bet.
0: Yeah, and it feels, too, and maybe this is partially because of, of Mookie's presence, but when the Dodgers won Game 7 in the NLCS, and, and I know Dave Roberts was part of that Boston Red Sox team that came back from a 3-0 deficit of the Yankees a long time ago, that there's just this sense of being freed up going into the World Series. Like, you know what? We're not cursed. We're not doomed. We're the better team. We're playing great baseball. Do you get that sense? You've been around them for so long, so many different seasons, that just everything is clicking right now. Everybody's just feeling really good about what's going on.
3: I think this is a team of destiny, and this year, as, as crazy and as unique and remarkable as this year has been, this is a team that has really found something special. Not to say that the 17 and 18 teams weren't talented. They were talented, but I've never heard a group of guys collectively as well as individually talk so much about family, mm. and that's all they've talked about is how close these guys are, and they're basically living together. They've been living together for a couple of months. Um, you know, in in this bubble. They had to even be in a bubble before they started the postseason. So they're very, very close. They spent a tremendous amount of time together. And even after they won the NLCS, they celebrated a little bit, but the conversation quickly turned to baseball, and it quickly turned to what do they need to do in the World Series. World Series, or rather, NLCS MVP, Corey Seager, said that, you know, they talked about what they could do better. I said, what could you possibly do better? You said everything. And that's just the mindset that this team has.
0: What's the plan for tonight? We know Tony Gonsolin is going to get the start. Is there a, a pitch limit, an inning limit, or is it going to be a play-up-by-year and see how it unfolds?
3: You know, there's definitely not a pitch limit. It's going to be an eye-test limit to see how Tony Gonsolin is pitching. Uh, you know, he, he can he's built to be a starter. I mean, that's what, that's what they see him as. But they have such tremendous arms. And the fact that there were no days off between the DS and the CS, uh, in that, in those respective series, you know they're they're really using everybody. So Tony Gonsolin is available to go as long as he could possibly go and be effective, but he will have a quick hook if he gets into trouble early. It's going to be a bullpen game, and you think about the guys that are specifically used to be their bulk inning guys: Gonsolin, May, and Urias all pitched on Sunday. So they will be very mindful of of how they look and how they're doing. Hopefully, Tony Gonsolin can give them. You know, four or five would be amazing. Uh, but everyone is relatively fresh because of the off day on Monday, and because Clayton Kershaw was able to give them six last
0: night. Alana, was this the plan for Dustin May all along in the postseason? Because obviously during the regular season he was a starting pitcher and and used in more or less a traditional sense. Obviously not stretched out because of the pandemic and everything that goes along with that. But in the postseason, where you start for an inning here, you come out of the bullpen for an inning there, we really haven't seen him get stretched out at any point. Was that the point, or excuse me, the plan all along?
3: The plan is we'll use anybody in any capacity that's going to give us a win that night. And Dustin May views himself as a starter, although I will say his opinion about that has slowly changed in a very positive manner. He literally does not care in which way they use him. That's not the same for a lot of guys. Alex Wood wants to be a starter. He understands why he's in the bullpen right now, but he wants to be a starter. Tenta Maeda, when he was with the Dodgers, wanted to be a starter. However, in the postseason, Tento was more effective in the bullpen. Dustin May does not care where he pitches. They do still view him as a starter, and I do believe going forward in future seasons, Dustin May will be a valid and legitimate part of their starting rotation. But right now, they're going to call upon anybody at any time.
0: One more quick one before I let you go, Alana. Has Victor Gonzalez's heartbeat returned to normal after catching that line drive? <laughs>
3: That was 105.6 miles an hour <laughs> off of Zunino's bat. So the fact is like, oh, my gosh, there's a ball in my glove. Um, yeah, I believe that the heart rate is settled. I don't know, though, that I could even recover a month after uh, a ball coming off the bat. That quickly ends up in my glove. Yeah. So, um, I guess you have to have cat-like reflexes, and we hope that the cat man, Tony Gonsolin, has that
0: tonight. Absolutely. I was surprised he didn't turn around and throw it over the center field fence. He was so pumped up after he caught it. Did he made as good of a throw as he did? I thought was impressive. That's Alana Rizzo, yeah, of course, you see here on Spectrum Sports in LA. Thanks, Alana. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Have a great day. Okay, you too. Don't forget to download the DraftKings app and use the code Greeny to get a free shot at millions of dollars. Up for grabs this week with your first deposit. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Yeah, I I, I love the answer on Gonsolin. I love the idea. Look, he's going to pitch as long as he's pitching well. And then all the guys that maybe consider themselves starters, they've bought into the idea of, you know what, you need an inning from me today? Great. You need three innings out of me today? Great. Whether it's Wood or May or any of those guys, it's nice to have options along the way for sure let's do that let's talk about game two expectations for tony gonsolin and what we expect today plus more of your phone calls 877-710-ESPN we're breaking down all things dodgers right here on 710-ESPN let me tell you about Straight Talk Wireless. A little time for some straight talk. Just like in football, you want the best coverage with your wireless network without your wallet taking a hit, right? Straight Talk Wireless gives you the same nationwide coverage as big carriers, America's best networks for up to 50% less. Just $45 a month for 25 gigs of high-speed data than 2G. With the unlimited plan, no contracts or mystery fees. Don't get sidelined with weak protection. Get Straight Talk Wireless. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at Straight talk.com
2: By the end of that night He got 38 swings. He had 19 swings and misses, okay? 50% whiff rate. That is the highest of his career in any start, whether it's regular season or postseason. So he was terrific. And on top of that, um, you know, I I thought this was different last night, too. In the past, uh, he was the horse that they would ride until he dropped. Well, last night, after he got those six innings and they got the lead, Dave Roberts goes to him, okay, you know what? That's enough. We're going to save bullets.
0: I thought it was the perfect choice. I thought it was the perfect decision. Let's get out of here, not only with a win because we've got a nice, comfortable lead, but let's get out of here with Clayton Kershaw feeling fantastic about it. You heard Alana Rizzo there a minute ago say, look, I've been around Clayton Kershaw a long time. The man does not lack confidence. I believe that to be true. I also believe that he's a human being. I also believe that he's a human being with a memory that understands what has happened to him in the past, in particular – in the postseason and in the World Series. So, yeah, it, it was the perfect low pitch count, which means he can go again. They had a big lead, which means you weren't really putting anything at risk going to the pen and going away from your hot hand, and it allows him to feel extraordinary about the way that he pitched last night. Let me read you one of our tweets here from the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. This one comes from Al Al Hammer. He says, uh, let's thank the Red Sox for Mookie. Remember, they traded Babe Ruth to the Yankees. How'd that work out for him? Hashtag go Dodgers in six. It really is kind of extraordinary that a player of Mookie Betts' ability became available in a trade. That doesn't happen very often. I don't want to get too far down this road because this is a topic for another day. We'll talk about these games right now. But players as good as Mookie Betts don't become available very often unless they're on a small market team and they say, like, I can't give a guy – the Rays couldn't keep Mookie Betts. They couldn't give him $400 million. I get – Red Sox? Huh? Red Sox absolutely could have kept him had they wanted to. And there's absolutely no reason you wouldn't want to keep him. He's a great player. He's young. And he's not anything other than a great guy. By you know, There's been no smoke around him at all about, eh, you know, he's wanting, uh uh none of that. You know, there are guys sometimes that are really, really good players. But he says, Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, there's a little bit of, eh, you really want to do this? Nothing with Mookie like that. Thank you, Red Sox. Pre- appreciate it. Appreciate it. No doubt about that. All right. ESPN radio is brought to you by Penzoil Synthetic Motor Oils, and they're made from natural gas. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Penzoil based on Sequence 4A wear a test using SAE 5W30. Let's try another phone call here. 877 710 ESPN. We're going to go to Santa Ana this time. And Jaime, Jaime, you're on. What's going on?
1: How you doing, sweet tea? Hey, I just wanted to, to talk about how the game went. Um, I think Dodgers did an amazing job by pulling out Kershaw right in time, um, not to mention that they gave him all these extra runs that we haven't had in the past. And um, where's all the haters at? I bet you Kershaw's waking up awesome today, not seeing any of that BS. And also, Bellinger came through with a nice little belly bomb. And what about Mookie Betts? And the great words of uh, LZ, Mookie, Mookie,
0: Mookie, Mookie, Mookie. <laughs> yeah. No, LZ's all in on Mookie, as he should be. I mean, who, if you're not, you're doing it wrong. If you don't like watching this guy play, you are absolutely doing it wrong. Yeah, look, there there are going to be – I saw it last night. I I think you guys might know this about me. I lived and worked in Houston for about a year and a half. And so there's, there's a little bit – I have a lot of people that follow me on Twitter from Houston. And after Clayton Kershaw pitched the way that he did last night, the first thing you got coming back was, yeah, you remember he pitched like that in game one against the Astros too, right? That was the refrain coming from them. Now they're in a different category for all of the obvious reasons. This things not over. I think there's there's an important part of this that we need to be very careful of. The Rays are good. Okay, the, the Rays are a good team. They didn't look like it last night. I thought that Kevin Cash kind of botched the way that he used Tyler Glasnow. You don't, you don't have that guy throw 112 pitches when he's behind. If he were ahead and he's your best bet, sure, grind him up. Go, you know, he's trying to win the World Series. This protect the future idea, that's out the window at this point of the year. You have to go try to win these games. Not when you're behind. I mean, he wasn't sharp. It's not like he was getting bad breaks. It's not like there were some broken bat base hits or an error or something or a bad call. Dodgers were just grinding him up. He threw too many pitches. He walked too many guys. They got hits, hard hits. They they hit a couple of home runs off of him. I mean, we're we're talking about a guy that is probably going to have to pitch again in this series and pitch well if Tampa's is going to win. And Cash left him out there. I thought way too long. That being said, the Dodger lineup is vastly superior to the Rays offensively, vastly superior. How many? Dude, this is one of my favorite games. How many guys on the Rays and their starting eight take the pitchers out of it? Their starting eight would start for the Dodgers. Zero. Right, I mean, who? Maybe a Rosarena if we want to do a DH at this point. Who else are you, Chang? Give me that guy instead of that guy.
2: Yeah, a Rosarina would be the only, the one. only one. You put him in the outfield and like left field because you can't put him in
0: right or center. No. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a Rosarena, that's... Okay, three, but if, that let's is. say that Chris Taylor's playing left field. you want a arena or Chris Taylor? Chris Taylor does a lot of good things for your team. He really does, <laughs> and he's and he, you can move him around yep. also. So, I mean, but, like, the talent of
2: a Rosarena versus the talent of Taylor are two different
0: yeah, things. And, and it's not a basketball team where we're talking about just five guys. We're talking about eight. Like, J- Jimmy Butler would start for the Lakers. He would. Okay, yes. J- Jimmy Butler would be a starting player on the Lakers. None of the Tampa guys would start for the Dodgers. I think that... That's that's what we're talking about. That's the advantage that they have. That being said, the strength of Tampa is not in the batter's box; it's on the mound. So if they're going to win this game, they're going to have to win tonight because Blake Sne- Blake Snell just goes lights out, and he can. He's that good. Yeah, and if he
2: let's let's say the Rays don't win, all of a sudden you look at the Dodgers and you're like, uh oh. Let's say you don't use Urias right today. Right tomorrow, you have Bueller going, who in the World Series or in the postseason has been the Dodgers' best pitcher. Period. No question. For years now. No question. And then, if you go Game Four with Urias, who has been fantastic in this postseason, three and zero with like a below one ERA, you're they're in trouble at that point. Yeah, they, they have to win tonight. They
0: have to win the night. And even if they do win tonight, they're going to have to start telling themselves lies, like, "Hey, anything can happen." The Dodgers know that all we have to do is play well, and we're going to be in pretty good shape. Let's try another one, Steve in La Habra. Steve, you are on. What's going on?
1: Hey, I just want to say uh, to your program director. As a guy who listens to the radio all day long, we like live and local. Hearing live sports talk from local hosts like yourself, that's what we want to hear. In saying that, I'm a big Angels fan. But seeing Mookie Betts really, uh, like I did yesterday, that guy's pretty amazing. And uh, I'm really impressed with him. Uh, He's uh, better than I thought he was. And it makes me really, you already mentioned it earlier, but it makes me sad for Mike Trout that it's not his fault. Look, you're going to be the number three starting pitcher. I'm going to be number four and for the Angels. But it's just sad that, <laughs> that Mike Trout may not ever get on this stage uh, to show it, uh, the, the the country what he has. So, um, I'm though I'm an Angels fan, it was great to see Kershaw do well yesterday. And actually, I'm going to say it out loud, I'm rooting for the Dodgers and I hope they win.
0: <laughs> well, thank you, Steve. I, I, I think we all are. I think that it's been way too long. It's been 32 years and I think everybody's looking for it. Look, baseball isn't the NBA. If you watch an NBA game, it takes you, what, four seconds to realize that LeBron James is the best player on the court? It takes you three seconds to realize that Kevin Durant is the best player on the court? To watch baseball, if you have a game like last night, Mookie Betts pops, but what makes Mookie Betts so valuable is all the things he does Every single night, all the little things he brings, cutting a ball off in the alley, throwing to the right base, not missing a cutoff guy, just busting it up the line. All of those things that he does every single night, that's what makes a guy just from a good player to a great player. All right, we're going to talk about Tony Gonsolin and game two. How many innings does he need to go? That is coming up next on 710 ESPN.